This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon, as usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you today? I am fine, Wally. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much. Uh, Big show today, Naz. Uh, We, of course, uh, we're thrilled with the news that uh, Joe Bowen was elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. He will be inducted uh, this fall. He's won the Foster Hewitt Award for for sports broadcasting excellence. Joe's been a friend of our show. He's taken, he's been generous with his time. He's been, uh, uh, we've uh, talked to him quite a few times on the show. And uh, as soon as I saw the news come out on the wire on Friday, I was absolutely thrilled to death. Uh, Joe Bowen, of course, we have the highest regard for him as a broadcaster and so uh, made the call and he's uh, graciously agreed to come on the show. He'll be on around 9.30 and we're going to talk to him about his career and about his uh, soon-to-be induction into the hockey, soon-to-be well-deserved induction into the Hockey Hall of Fame. So, uh, Joe, uh, Naz, I know that you're, uh, you, you and our big Joe and Jig. Big, Big Joe, Joe Bowen fan, yes, sir. so yes, I'll uh, I'll turn it over to you to uh, give us your thoughts on that uh, on that announcement. Joe uh, started uh, with the Leafs in 1982, I think his first game was, and he's never looked back. What a great broadcaster and what a great play-by-play guy! And I'll tell you, we posted it on Facebook. I'll just give you an example. We posted on Facebook uh, yesterday, I think it was, about having the show with the with um, Joe and a couple of guests. That are coming up, and we had over seven thousand hits on how uh, on Joe Bowen and how popular he is. He's an amazing guy, and he's well deserved of the award. Yeah, certainly is an amazing guy. And uh, I'll take that opportunity to talk about uh, two other special guests. Uh, so it's uh, it's a it's like a hat trick today of uh, Hall of Fame broadcasters. So uh, about nine twenty, we'll be talking to Harry Neal. Harry and Joe worked. To, Joe Bowen worked together for numerous, numerous years uh, doing they, the Toronto Maple Leafs games. They were hilarious. They, you know what? There's, there's a, there was a magic to their, uh, <laughs> there was a magic to their. I would call it their performance. Not only were they very astute hockey guys, uh, but you know what? They, you know, it was just uh, they could. As I've always said, they could make uh, a lousy game entertaining, and they could make a good game great. And uh, and a great game beyond belief. Uh, two uh, two uh, certainly two men at the highest level of their craft. And talking about uh, broadcasters of, at the highest level of their craft, I'm pleased to tell everyone that around 9:40, also joining us on the air uh, today, uh, another 
Hall of Fame broadcaster, the triumvirate today, of course, the legendary, the incomparable Bob Cole. What a show. What a show that's going to be. Yeah, it's I mean, going to be great. I mean, we've, we've chatted uh, over over time, and a couple of times we've... Uh, you remember one time we had Rick Jenneretta on the show, and we've had Harry uh, Harry Neal and Bob Cole and Joe Bowen on the show before, and one time we did a segment about the, the greatest uh, hockey broadcasters of all time, and certainly Joe and, and Bob are in our top ten list. Um, Harry Neal, not 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 so much as a play-by-play man, but if they had a top ten list for Colorman, man, he's got to be he's got to be near the top as well. Um, you know, uh, and Harry uh, Harry spent a lot of time with Joe in, in the studio. Also spent a lot of time with Bob Cole. I always thought Bob Cole and Harry Neal were uh, if there was a uh, if there was a, a ranking or an award or a vote for the top two. Uh, uh, Guys uh, calling a game, a play-by-play game, and a color guy. Uh, the top guys in hockey ever, uh, in my mind, uh, only only comparable would be perhaps Gallivan and Irvin, and perhaps uh, perhaps Hewitt and McFarland. Um, but I put Bob Cole and Harry Neal at the top of that list, and not only from a hockey perspective, from a sports perspective, I'd put them as a tandem in the top in the uh, top absolute, echelon. Absolutely, uh, just incredible chemistry together, uh, and that's not to take away from Harry and Joe, um, because I'd put them near the very top as well. I have the highest regard. I mean, just they did it in a different way. Uh, Bowen, Bowen, and Bob Cole have uh, ha- have sort of different styles, but uh, listening to Joe Bowen and Harry Neal, and listening to Bob Cole and Harry Neal, certainly we were privileged. Uh, we were certainly privileged to uh, uh, be entertained by by all three of them, and of course Joe's. You know, I'm not. I don't want to put this in the past. You know, Joe's still going strong. I still listen to him on uh, listen to him on Toronto Maple Leafs radio. Bob Cole is still going strong too. Uh, I don't know uh, whether he's going to be back uh, next fall. I understand he is. So uh, certainly uh, he's going to be 85 years old on June 24th, and hopefully uh, we've got a few more years out of Bob Cole as well. Bob's signature call was remember this. <laughs> I want to ask him that they're, question. They're going home. They're remember going they're home. They're going home. Yeah, if if that isn't uh, one of the, and of course that there's there's so many, uh, and I want to ask him this question. Uh, if there's one specific call that he's the fond, and I want to ask Joe Bowen the same question. One specific call that they're the, the they have a great deal more fondness for the other, but the the signature Bob Cole call has to be they're going home. They're going they're home. They're going in the home. Spectrum. We stayed in 72, but they're going home. And, of course, the, the infamous Bob Cole call from the Gilmore uh, behind the net in the, play, in the, in the overtime. Um, uh, there's with, two calls, if you could ever coordinate it. There's <laughs> Joe Bowen's call on radio of that. Oh, that's, and then yeah. there's Bob Cole's call yeah. on TV. And, and of and course, was, Joe Bowen... Uh, uh, there's the, I mean, I mean, he's still at the absolute top of his craft because some of his best calls yeah. have been in the recent past. And his Austin Matthews four game, uh, sorry, four game, four goal uh, first game in the NHL. I mean, we played it on the air. It was certainly uh, remarkable. Uh, and uh, just love listening. Just love listening to Joe Bowen. An incredible career came into Toronto. Uh, and we certainly want to chat with them about that. So that's that's where we're going on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour today. Uh, Naz, um, we're going to get an opportunity to talk to Harry Neal uh, about, the, uh, about the finals. 
I think uh, maybe the Vegas Knights bubble has burst. They've run, uh, they've run into a, tr- a freight train in the Washington Capitals. Washington Capitals are ready to win the Stanley Cup. Well, it certainly looks that way. There would have to be an incredibly significant momentum shift uh, to turn this one around. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to bury the Vegas Knights yet, but uh, I'd suggest they've been outplayed in all three games, uh, and they just—they're just not. Um, you know, uh, the cliche in hockey in the playoffs: your best players have to be your best players, and they. Uh, Vegas Knights don't seem to have an answer for Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. Uh, those two guys are playing at the very top of their games. Pretty good for, the bro- for a broken wrist. Yeah, yeah. Ove- nice shot. Oh, I've never been a big Ovi fan, but uh, I've got to respect uh, the passion that he's bringing to this playoffs. He's he's a man on a mission. Um, ultra ultra talented, one of the finest players of his generation. Uh, you know him and Crosby. Uh, obviously, I would. I don't know if you, if anybody else can crack that conversation as to being the top two players of the last ten years. Um, and uh, you know what? I've got to say, I wouldn't mind seeing Ovechkin win a Stanley Cup. I've never, never. I can't say I've been a big fan of his over his career. But, uh, yeah, he's taking this team on his back, and he's doing what has to be done. Uh, He's taking the leadership role. He's doing everything necessary that a leader on a team needs to do to take his team to the promised land. And i got to respect that. You certainly do. And, you know, my respect goes out to Barry Trotz, because I thought Barry Trotz was a very, um, not not a great coach. Um, He's proved me wrong. He's really done well. Well, I know. I mean, you know, changed he changed his attitude behind the bench. He's it, very uh, yeah. happy-go-lucky guy, and he's you know, really Barry, doing a good Barry job. Barry Trotz has had a lot of success. You know, he, you know, he uh, in Nashville, uh, he was, he, you know, he always had a team. He was always competitive. Criticism about him, of course, uh, you know, he has never been able to take uh, a team to to the highest level. Uh, but I've never doubted that he's uh, that he's a he's good a coach, good and he's obviously learned some lessons along the way. Uh, he's he's got he's he's making moves, uh, putting players in right positions and right opportunities. Uh, he's he's really becoming a really effective bench manager and managing his talent effectively. And you know this this Washington team seems to have all the right pieces right now, and if they get if they get the goaltending from Holtby, um, you know they're you know they they can't doesn't he, look he, like he's been great since he came back. He he's been fantastic, Holtby. I, I was very surprised because he had a bad start, to, bad year, and then he came back in the playoffs. He's playing really well. I think Washington's got it, Wally. I do. Well, you know, two. I mean, it's two to one. Game four is going to be crucial. Um, uh, interestingly enough, this is the first time in the playoffs the Vegas Knights have lost two games in a row. Um, it just, you know, it. This is for the first time. I mean, they've played extremely well as a team. Um, seem to have all the right pieces. I think the Caps are doing a good job. I mean, not, not that Flurry. You know, Flurry is playing. Um, out of his mind up until up this until series, this and not that he's he hasn't played poorly in this series, but uh, seems like one of Washington's strategies is to get into his face, 
And, you know, that's when you got a really hot goalie, uh, the coaching strategies always is to, within the bounds of the rules as much as you can, n- get physical with the goalie, knock him around a little bit, and trying to get into his head that way, try to get him upset, try to get him off his angles, uh, try to get him to be a little bit less focused on what's happening on the ice. And I think Washington's uh, seems to be they're doing a good job of that. The Toronto Maple Leafs better look at John Carlson as an addition to their blue line. He's absolutely a great defenseman now. He is so good, Wally. He's a right-handed shot. He's got a howitzer from the point. He's great on the power play. He's good on the penalty kill. He's exactly what the Leafs need, and they should go after him July 1st and offer him $8 million (laughs) and get him signed because they need that guy on their defense. You think he's worth $8 million? Yeah, he's worth $8 million. I've checked his stats. That's pretty pretty, pretty high praise, Ness. Well, he's he's getting 70 points with Washington. He had 68 points with Washington this year. And if he's getting that with them, he's going to get that with the Leafs because the Leafs up front are very talented, and he will be a very, very good defenseman here. 6'3", 225 pounds, too. No, it's certainly... Very, very good defenseman. And, uh, yeah, he seems like the kind of defenseman Babcock would would love to have in the lineup. Uh, $8 million. Forget the the Drew Dowdies and the Carlsons and all that. they got the guy right there, right-handed shot. Sign him and move on, Okay. Yeah, but then you're, there's a there's always the assumption there, Naz, that he has any interest whatsoever in coming to Toronto. I mean, uh, you know, he's not a Canadian kid. Um, you know, he's he, you know he may not have that thing that uh, you know kids growing up in Canada. You know, some of them may want to want to play for the Leafs. Uh, you know, he probably doesn't have that. So for him, it's a financial decision and. Uh, um, Eight million dollars is a lot of dough. They have thirty million. A lot of dough. Thirty million. Who the Leafs under the cap? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've got to. They obviously have to spend that wisely in defense. You know, if they're going to spend money, it would seem the obvious place to do it would be on defense. So. And that's the only signing I would make if I was the Leafs. That's the only signing I would make is John Carlson. John Carlson. Move move on with the team. Anyways. as I announced earlier, uh, we're going to be going to break now. Um, coming up shortly, Harry Neal, Joe Bowen, Bob Cole. Looking forward to it. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced their loyalty program, but some listeners thought I was saying royalty program. <clears throat> to be clear, Pizzaville cannot get you into the royal family. Stop that. However, After your sixth online order, you'll get a large pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. And that'll make you feel like a king or queen. Oh, boy. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character. It reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. 
Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 and downtown Toronto on 96.7 FM. Live video streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster, winner of the Foster Hewitt Award in 2013. I'm, of course, talking to the legendary Harry Neal. Good morning, Harry. How are you this morning, sir? Good. How are you? We're good. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Harry, I'll be quite frank with you. Uh, has the Vegas Knights bubble finally burst? What's your assessment? Well, they better win uh, uh, tomorrow because I don't think they're capable, and maybe neither team's capable of winning three in a row, especially when you're down. And, uh, you know, they I don't call them out because uh, I think I've called them out before every series, and look what they've done. But when your best players aren't your best players, you're in deep trouble. And Washington's a much more physical team, or have been the last two wins anyway. And uh, uh, Washington in the defensive zone coverage, I think they blocked 26 shots yesterday, and uh, that makes it tough. And uh, Ovechkin scores the first goal and gets involved in the second one. And uh, when he scores first, it seems to uplift the whole team and the, and the rink. So the Vegas have, uh, have a chore in their hands. Their defensive zone coverage wasn't very good, too many turnovers. One of their better lines, Perron, Huala, and Neal, were a minus nine. And they weren't the physical team they were, at least in the physical advantage they were in the game one that they won. So it's a tall assignment for... Vegas, but they've had a few this year, and they've succeeded in most of them, so don't count them out. Harry, they seem relaxed to me. Uh, they seem to be playing with no pressure. Is that, is that because of Barry Trotz? And how he's well, I don't know team? about that, but I think he's done a nice job at uh, revamping his lineup a little bit. And, of course, they get Kunetsov back, who was the best player in either team last night, and he was a, a maybe as far as uh, playing uh, concerned. And uh, Holtby was very good in goal, and uh, he wasn't as busy as he has been at times in the playoffs, but he certainly made key saves when the game was still alive as far as Vegas were concerned. And, and Washington, very physical, much more physical than they have been all season, and I think they thought 
after game one, they better match or beat uh, uh, Las Vegas in that department, and they, they've done it. They've got a big team, and they've got some guys that can hit. And Ovechkin, I've uh, never seen him body check as often as he has. Uh, Harry, you've always said that uh, come playoff time, success depends on your stars being your best players. And uh, Washington... Ovechkin and Kuznetsov uh, are playing the game uh, right now. Seem to be playing a different game than than the rest of them. They are certainly uh, playing to their capabilities. But Ovechkin, I want you to comment on Harry. Much criticized over the years uh, for his playoff performance, perhaps unfairly. Uh, but there's no question this particular playoff run, uh, he seems to have. Uh, I don't know if I want to call it a different attitude, but he's bringing a different vigor. This 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 guy badly wants the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, we always say it's always the Canadian kids that want the Stanley Cup more than anybody else. But uh, you know, he wants. I I think he's he's got a place in Russia. He wants to bring that thing back to this summer badly. Um, your your uh, your comment on that, uh, Harry. Well, uh, I don't know whether he had a sniff of the cup or what. <laughs> he certainly seems to be motivated more so in the playoffs than he has been. Not that he's not a motivated player, but a lot of his motivation, I always thought, was a little selfish. Just if he could do what he wanted to do, then he was a pretty good player. But he's doing other things, that blocking shots, uh, body checking, back checking with more enthusiasm, playing well on his own end, and... He doesn't have to add much to his offensive skill, and uh, it's pretty tough to win the Stanley Cup if you don't have a star player who not only exceeds everybody else's ability, but also has a great influence on his teammates, and that's the one thing that's very noticeable with Ovechkin and his teammates in this playoff. Harry, uh, the Capitals have a free agent in John Carlson. What's your impression of him as a defenseman? And um, be perfect on the Leafs, I think. <laughs> well, he he's a, he's, he's going to get if uh, if Washington doesn't re-sign him, he's going to get a lot of offers, and they're going to be tough to turn down. The Washington defense is kind of an underrated crew, but then they've played very well, especially lately, and uh, he's one of the real reasons why they get a little more offense from their defense than they have in the past. Uh, we're talking to Harry Neal. Harry, uh, one of the reasons, uh, important reasons we brought you on the show today is to talk about uh, a former partner of yours in the booth who, uh, you're the winner of the Foster Hewitt Award Hockey Hall of Fame 2013, and uh, Joe Bowen, uh, who you spent quite a few years with in the booth uh, doing some Toronto Maple Leaf games. On Friday, they announced that he is uh, the recipient of this year's Foster Hewitt Award, uh, also going to, into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, certainly a well-deserved honor from our perspective, and I know you and Harry spent a lot of years in the booth together. Uh, there are a lot of fans, uh, a lot of gr- uh, great uh, memories of the times and the broadcast that the two of you did together. Tell us a little bit about, uh, and we're going to have Joe on the show very shortly, and uh, you can wish him personally your congratulations. Uh, but tell us uh, what make what what uh, in your assessment what made you guys click? What made uh, you guys work in the booth though that uh, uh, you entertain us so well? What uh, what was the secret? Well, he's a great choice, and he's had a wonderful career broadcasting the Leaf games, and it was a joy for me to get to know him and to work with him. And he's one of my better friends now, and we talk a lot during the season. 
And, you know, to do the play-by-play on the radio is a different assignment than it is to do on television. And, and Joe does a great job of uh, for his radio listeners of making sure they know what's going on. And it's not easy. I've always admired the radio guys. Not that I haven't admired the TV play-by-play people, but... Uh, Joe is a very enthusiastic uh, lover of hockey and loves the Leafs, and uh, he uh, his enthusiasm and love for the game shines through every game. He's very well prepared. He's an easy guy to work with. He's uh, very serious, but you can also make him laugh and and, and enjoy the, the the partnership. And certainly, I feel very fortunate over the years that I've spent as many uh, day, games as I've spent working with Joe and. I was absolutely thrilled to hear that he is the Foster Hewitt Award winner, and uh, he's, it's well-deserved, and, and uh, I am d- delighted to, to talk to him later on on this show, and I wished him good luck. I wished him congratulations when I heard about it on Friday, and uh, I know how excited he is to, to win that award. Harry, I used to laugh at you and Joe when you talked about Civic, the... Um the big tall linesman there and had to count 10 steam blows before you, you dropped the puck. It was pretty funny. You, got, you guys were a, a, a blast together. A real good. Great team. Well, we were a team that really enjoyed working with each other and that, that gets you around the corner in a heck of a hurry because it probably isn't always true around the league. But uh, Joe's enthusiasm for the game rubs off and he's got a great sense of humor and uh, uh, I'm sure some people thought that this was not a hockey broadcast, but a comedy show at times. <laughs> you guys are pretty funny. Let me tell you. Uh, uh, it's it's almost uh, uh, and I certainly I don't like to talk about you guys in the past because I you know I certainly we enjoy chatting with you, Harry, and I'm a big fan of listening to Joe on on the radio, uh, listening to the Toronto Maple Leafs game, and I I still think uh, I still think Joe's better best days are ahead of him. We've got a, a Leafs team that's on the rise, and we'd all love to see. Joe Joe, call, uh, call the Leafs in, uh, in further deep in the playoffs, even a Stanley Cup at some point. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we certainly, uh, with Joe, we still think uh, he's, uh, he's, got, he's got some great games to call. And on that note, uh, we're pleased to, and Harry, please hang in as long as you can. Uh, we're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour uh, the incomparable one, the uh, newest inductee into the Hockey Hall of Fame, Foster Hewitt Award for 2018. Of course, I'm talking about Joe Bowen. Good morning, Joe. Morning, guys. How are you today? We're doing great, Joe. I know you're... Uh... Got Harry up past his uh, bedtime there. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm not going to comment on that, but... Uh, <laughs> you know, Joe, that when I had the morning Globe and Mail route, I was up at 6 o'clock every morning, and I can't kick that habit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anyways, Joe, I, get, I have to embarrass you a little bit, because I know that uh, you're, you're a humble guy, and I read your tweet from the other day, and you're humbled by the award. Uh, you're self-deprecating. You probably don't take uh, adulation very well. But I'm going to do it anyways. I apologize in advance. Joe, on behalf of myself and uh, Naz, I'm sure we'll give you his, uh, his, uh, his thoughts as well. We are thrilled 
that you have won this award. It is certainly well-deserved. You have entertained us. You've educated us. Uh, you've brought your passion. Uh, you've brought your vigor. Uh, it's been nothing but a great ride listening to you, and we hope that there's a lot left in you. I know there is. But sincerely, our congratulations on this incredible, well-deserved award. Congratulations. Well, thank you, Wally. It's, um, it, it's uh, absolutely unbelievable that I'm in a, a group that includes Harry and uh, um, people like Danny Gallivan and the Hewitts and uh, Lloyd Pettit, uh, who a lot of people probably don't remember, but was the, the voice of the Chicago Blackhawks years ago. Um, Doc Emmerich um, and, and people like that. Um, and, it's, and really, it's I, and, and Harry would probably agree with this. If you if you hang around long enough, like a pair of comfortable uh, bedroom slippers, they they have to put you somewhere. So I guess it was just my time, which was very nice of them. And uh, I, I think that uh, the one thing that I'm, I'm most proud of is that. I've done more hockey games, more Toronto Maple Leaf hockey games than Foster Hewitt did. And Paul Patso, our resident uh, historian, uh, did a lot of research on that a couple of years ago and figured that Foster would probably have done, even though he worked many more years than I did, but he probably only did about 1,800, 1,900 games. But the one thing was that I, I'm, I'm very proud of that. Uh, uh, we grew up listening to Foster and Danny, and uh, uh, to be in a group with them is, is very humbling. We're talking to Joe Bowen and Harry Neal at the, at the current moment. And, uh, Joe, you're over 3,000 games. I think uh, we chatted with you about that uh, that uh, that uh, um, a monumental achievement about a year ago. Um, Joe, <laughs> it's interesting that you've received this well-deserved adulation and this well-deserved reward and that you've achieved the highest level of your craft. Uh, but your career, I just want to go through this with our listeners, and I don't know if you know this story, Harry, but your career got off to a pretty slow start, ignominious start, if I may say so. Uh, tell us a little bit about the call you got uh, when they offered you the job and almost that uh, your, your, your career was almost stillborn before it even got started. Uh, that's as, probably as good a term as any. I, um, I was in Halifax. Um, I, Alan Davis, who uh, now is in Buffalo uh, operating the all-sports radio station and who got the fan uh, going here in Toronto was uh, uh, just working as, a, as a, a, a jockey, a disc jockey overnight at CJCL in Toronto. And he heard that uh, Ron Hewitt was leaving and going into radio sales full time. And he convinced me to send my tape in. And that was in April. And mid-September, I hadn't heard anything. And rumors were that somebody from out west was getting the job. And after uh, we went out and bought a house in Dartmouth uh, at 22 points on the dollar. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, that the bank manager phoned me Wednesday and told me that the mortgage was all set and we're ready to go. We're going to be new house owners. And Thursday morning, I got a phone call from someone named Len Bramson from Telemedia Sports. And he said, hi, Joe, we've been listening to your tape. We'd like you to fly down to Toronto uh, on Saturday do the exhibition game uh, with the Oilers and the Leafs as an audition uh, as far as the Leaf job is concerned. And I thought it was my friend Alan Davis. And I told him in no uncertain terms, dropping F-bombs left, right, and center, that I had just bought a house. I didn't need him screwing around with me. 
that I was entrenched in Halifax. And then there was dead air, um, and Mr. Bramson uh, said, no, this isn't Alan Davis, this really is Len Bramson. And uh, we talked, I apologized profusely, uh, thinking that I had just destroyed my one great chance, and he said that he would phone back in 20 minutes with airline information and everything, and I hung up the phone and would have slipped my wrists, but uh, I didn't have a sharp enough knife, I guess. And 10 minutes later, he phoned me back and he said, Joe, he said, I've never had anybody tell me to take my job and stick it before I even offered it. <laughs> but uh, here's the job. We don't need the audition. We listened to your tape again, and we'd like you to fly in and sign a contract. And um, so I guess I'm living proof that you can tell your boss to go where he shouldn't go and still get the job. <laughs> Joe, congratulations, by the way. Thank uh, you. You're welcome. Um, it's fitting that you get this award, especially when uh, I'm told that around the house, Bob Cole, Foster Hewitt, Bill Hewitt were the only ones that uh, was played in your home. Is that true? Well, probably. I mean, I mean, in, in my home, uh, when I was growing up, um, we got the Leafs game one Saturday, and we got Montreal the next. So um, Foster and Bill, uh, and then Danny Gallivan. Uh, is what I listen to throughout, and I don't know how where Harry would would rate people that have done my side of the the booth job, but I've always said that um, Danny Gallivan was the best I ever heard, um, and everybody else that has uh, aspired to be in the National Hockey League to do this job uh, are kind of sitting down below trying to wallow through the mire, if you will, because he's on a pinnacle, I think, by himself. Foster was first, and we can't ever take that away from him, and he kind of paved the way and, and, and came up with terms that I still don't know what failed to click means. But um, the, the, the vocabulary and the, the call and the cadence of Danny Gallivan, I think, was certainly the best that I've ever heard anywhere, and uh, no one has come uh, close to even duplicating him. Joe, um, your uh, recollection of your first call, your, your most important call. The, my, the, yeah, the your favorite I, call, favorite all-time call. My favorite call. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I, I guess it, uh, that's hard to say, but I, I, maybe it's still to come, I hope. But Nicky Boroshevsky's goal yeah. in Detroit in 93, um, because they had switched ends, and the radio booth was further down towards that end of the rink. Um, and Bob and Harry were further uh, at the other end. I had a really good view that it just did go off Nicky's stick. And when you get an opportunity to make a, a, a call like that, first you want to get it right. And uh, that's the most important aspect of it. And I, I felt so, so badly for those guys in Chicago um, after the long, long wait uh, of the Blackhawks in 61 not winning a Stanley Cup. And then when the game-winning goal was actually scored, no one except the goal scorer actually knew the puck was in the net. So there isn't that, that, that iconic call of the goal that won the Chicago Blackhawks the Stanley Cup. Unfortunately, now with video review, we're probably going to have the iconic call is and the call on the ice stands. Uh, but having said that, uh, I think that being able to see Nicky's goal and, and get it right was was, uh, 
because I think that was sort of the cornerstone of the franchise again, being reestablished that they were going to try and win and, and use their assets and, and see what happens. It hasn't happened yet, but at least it looks like they're in the, in the right direction now. Harry, uh, uh, no, I want to ask you something. Go ahead. Yep. I know you've had a great broadcasting career. I know that because I've worked with you, and I know that because it's the latest award. But I don't want you spending any time later on in this show talking about your goaltending career. <laughs> well, that's the other Hall of Fame I'm trying to get into, Harry, and that's the Unionville Men's League Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think it's the Hall of Shame. <laughs> it is, but there's 194 goalies ahead of me, so uh, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get in that one. But I'm still trying. <laughs> Unionville's really grown, eh? Anyways, gentlemen, uh, Joe, I'm going to have to... Really good goalies. Really good goalies. Anyways, Joe, I'm going to have to interrupt you, and Harry, I'm going to have to interrupt you, because got, we got another uh, friend of yours on the line, Joe. Uh, we're pleased. It's, uh, we've got the triple header of Foster Hewitt Award winners this morning joining us on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, so very, very... I'm uh, going to get to it. Uh, we're pleased to announce that we now also have on the line the winner of the 1996 Foster Hewitt Award and, and so many other awards. Uh, of course, we're talking to the incomparable Bob Cole. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Uh, good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. Joe Vaughn is to be inaugurated into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Now, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Certainly I'll is. I get you a burger, Bob. <laughs> Anyways, congratulations, Joe. That's uh, marvelous news. Thank you very, very much. I hope that you guys have got shoveled out uh, over there in Newfoundland. I saw you got a nice little blast for spring a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I appreciate that, Bob, very, very much. And uh, um, I, 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 we've uh, traveled a lot together. I know you and Harry and. I've been such a great tandem, and every time there's highlights now of past Stanley Cups, those two voices are on the TV uh, almost daily again. So, uh, uh, Bob, it's a real, uh, real honor and a real privilege to be uh, even mentioned in the same breath. That's uh, marvelous at the selection committee of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Got your name finally. They took a while, but uh, finally you're there, and that's uh, that's like I say, that's a beautiful thing. And Harry, how are you? Good, good. Your voice hasn't changed a bit. You sound like you're doing a game. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't think it's very good anymore. However, well, join, join the club, Bob. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bob, thanks so much for joining us. I just want to remind our listeners you have a birthday coming up in June. You're going to be 85, young 85, and uh, we are still thoroughly enjoying your calls. Uh, on on Hockey Night in Canada during the season, and uh, we all <coughs> always take the opportunity to wish you the best, and hopefully we'll be uh, hearing your voice for a few more years yet. Uh, Bob, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, we, we want to talk a little bit about the craft of, of broadcasting, and, and Harry and Joe, feel free to, to, uh, to chime in. Um, you know, I always, get, always love to take the opportunity when we have somebody who's at the absolute top of their craft, uh, which I'm talking to three that are, three gentlemen that are. Uh, how much of it is, how much of it are you born with, Bob? How much of it you learned along the way? How much of it is uh, thought about ahead of time? How much of it is spontaneous? Um, your thoughts on that, and I'll throw that out to all three of you. Well, when you think about uh, Joe Bowen, and you think about Harry Neal, and immediately you 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 feel that 
well, this is a hockey game, and and it sounds terrific, and it sounds exciting, and it's it's so interesting, and it's where I want to be. It's because they love the game. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, if you love the game and love what you're doing, I think uh, you've pretty well got her knocked. And uh, both Harry and Joe have been like that all their lives, uh, before they even started broadcasting, I'm sure. Joe was a goalie. Harry was a hockey player, a great junior player. Didn't quite make it to the NHL until he started coaching, and he was great at that. So I think the love of the game is, is the most important, and it's pretty uh, difficult to explain, I think. It's just, I like to call it feel. Foster Hewitt used to tell me that. You have to feel the game, and uh, certainly Joe, Joe has done that, and he's, uh, he's finally going into the Hockey Hall of Fame, and that's marvelous. Bob, I, I asked Joe this, and I'm going to ask you, uh, what was your favorite call? Oh my goodness, Harry! <laughs> well, uh, I kind of like—I uh, kind of like thinking back to uh, the, the gold medal in Salt Lake City. Uh, I know we talk about the '72 series and uh, the, the final game with with uh, Paul Henderson getting yet another overtime goal to win it all. And but the but the gold medal game in Salt Lake City, uh, the first gold medal game in the Olympics for Canada, was 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 special. It was, uh, I don't know, the vice president of the United States was there in the building. The, the, the crowd, uh, all pretty well all for the USA team, which was a very good hockey team, of course. And, and Canada pulling it out uh, with, uh, with Gretzky running the show and, uh, and uh, Pat Quinn coaching and, uh, and all the players. And uh, it, it was marvelous. And I I think some of those calls there were, were they'll stay with me forever. Uh, Joe, uh, when did you uh, when did you first realize this is what you wanted to do for a living? Uh, and uh, who was the biggest influence on your career? Oh boy, that's well. I I, I realized I wanted to do it uh, uh, as a career when I found out I couldn't play goal very well. <laughs> <laughs> So I still have the newspaper article from the Sudbury Star where one of the writers just carved me a new one for playing poorly in a high school hockey game. So um, I remember uh, Foster had a um, kind of a, a school in Toronto, um, and uh, a gentleman came up to my house and uh, talked to my mother and I about uh, uh, going down there to Foster's school and... Uh, uh, my mom kind of sat back, and my dad, who had passed away, uh, had always wanted me to go to university and get a university degree. So I didn't get Foster's degree, but I went to the University of Windsor and worked at the student radio station and, and did that. The big, the big break, other than Len Bramson phoning me uh, when I was in Halifax, was because my dad's very close friend growing up was a gentleman by the name of Bill Plant. And Mr. Plant uh, owned uh, the television and radio station in Sudbury and was also part owner of the Sudbury Wolves. So I got a chance to work in the industry in a couple of summers while I was at University of Windsor. And then Mr. Plant kept the job open in the station for two months until I graduated so that I could get my foot in the door. And uh, I was working in the promotion department when... The fellow who was doing play-by-play for the Sudbury Wolves decided to uh, take a job with CBC, 
And I was able to walk down the hall and say, Mr. Plant, I think I can do this. And he said, yeah, Joe, I think you can. And I think that's probably the big break that I got. Mr. Plant was a wonderful, wonderful man um, and uh, a great friend of uh, my dad's. And uh, he certainly was able to steer me in the right direction. Bob, Joe, uh, both of you guys, are, and Harry also, won the uh, Foster Hewitt Award. And uh, did you connect with Foster when, you, when it was CKFH, or was it uh, CJCL? Uh, what was that again? I didn't quite... Uh... Joe, were you connected with uh, CJCL or CKFH? It was CJCL when, when I arrived, and it was the music of your dead wife. <laughs> anyway, okay, that was a while ago. It, 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 it was the worst. It was the worst format I'd ever heard. And we went through a couple of uh, different kinds of formats until uh, until Alan Davis decided that you know what, this isn't working on the AM dial. Let's make it an all sports radio station. So uh, thank God you did. It, it's gone on from there, but. Uh, the initial, uh, the initial format was uh, a me, ad, and it was a talk show format at one point. And I'll never forget this. Um, uh, Paul Rimstead, uh, the uh-huh. rumor, was working there when I first arrived in 82. And on a Sunday night, he had his, the Paul Rimstead show, and he asked if I would come on. And I'm, I'm in Toronto for like three days. And so I said, yeah, absolutely. So I have to go in the back door. Rimmer's got a key, and we go in. We get up there. We sit down. So there's Rimmer, myself, and the operator for this uh, in behind the glass. And we start talking for about 15 minutes, at which point I found out, and I did not know this, that my dad had delivered Paul Rimstead because he's from Sudbury. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, my dad made just two mistakes, Rimmer and Eddie Jack. <laughs> anyway, so we're sitting there, and we go to our first commercial break, and Rimmer leans over and grabs his briefcase, and opens his briefcase, and out comes a bottle of Crown Royal. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going, wow, radio's a lot different in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> so we sat there and pretty near polished off that bottle before we were finished with the show. But it was a very entertaining couple of hours with Rimmer. But uh, it was, uh, it was uh, we never duplicated that, thank God. But that was, uh, that was my indoctrination to Toronto Radio and CJCL. Anyways, we're talking to Harry Neal, uh, Bob Cole, and Joe Bowen, all Hockey Hall of Fame members. We're celebrating the achievement of Joe Bowen being uh, awarded the Foster Hewitt Award by the Hockey Hall of Fame, the induction ceremony this fall. Uh, gentlemen, I know all, you, you're all, all of you guys, your time is valuable, so we, I won't keep you, we won't keep you that any, any longer. But there's one last question. I'd, I'd like to throw out to the three of you. And uh, uh, essentially, your careers in, in, um, in different aspects, uh, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs were an important part of what you did. Uh, Bob Cole, uh, in many ways, you're the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, Joe Bowen, you're the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, on midweek games on radio and in a lot of, uh, and you've been given the moniker of the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Harry, you've been a partner with both of these fine gentlemen for so many years. And I'll throw it out to the three of you and wrap it up. Um, How special are the Toronto Maple Leafs in terms of what they mean to the nation sort of in a spiritual sense? uh, uh, Or is that just a Toronto thing? Uh, Bob Cole here. I guess I'll jump in here if that's okay. Uh, Well, I recall 
many, many notes uh, about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, and one kind of stayed with me. We were doing the uh, final, Harry and I, in Vancouver with the New York Rangers uh, that year. And when we arrived in Vancouver for the, for the two games, the fans up there behind our booth between periods you'd go back there and, and have a chat with the fans, and they were great. And I remember all they wanted to know is, Bob, what's wrong with the Maple Leafs? And here's their team in the Stanley Cup final, and they're thinking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think, I think uh, both Harry and Joel will uh, attest to that. No matter where you go in Canada, there are Leaf fans. And it was great to, to meet uh, Brendan Shanahan when he, when he first started. Uh, he, he, he and I bumped together in, in uh, the Air Canada Centre. He just looked at me briefly, walked by, and I heard him say, we're going to fix everything, Bob. And brother, has he ever put his foot in the door of, uh, of a great future for the Maple Leafs? Uh, you're, you're lucky, Joe. Uh, things are looking so good, and uh, I envy you. That, that's terrific. Well, I, you know, I thanks, Bob, and I agree. It, it, uh, it, it Finally, there looks like there is a window of opportunity when it looks at for a number of years where it was just a wall. Um, but and, and I echo those sentiments exactly. It, uh, across Canada, any of the venues uh, are split, um, half the buildings filled with Leaf fans, and we see it even more uh, down in the States, uh, Nashville or Vegas or uh, Florida, people making their vacations. This is what they want to do. Um, it's um, it really the, the franchise is a very unique franchise. I, I hearken it to like the Cubs. Uh, or Manchester United, where the, the fan base is not just uh, localized, it is spread out na- nationally and internationally. And uh, I, I think it's, uh, uh, hopefully it will be uh, rewarded here in the not-too-distant future, but there are no, no guarantees in this business, that's for sure. And uh, I guess sometimes you just need to be the first guy out with a shoot like Vegas and you win it all. Harry? Well, Joe, uh, it's amazing that you talk about the Leafs that way when I know your two favorite teams, Notre Dame and Green Bay, are ahead of the Leafs in popularity. <laughs> but, you know, when I was growing up uh, in Toronto, the Leafs were the, the, the team, obviously, in, in the NHL. There weren't many Canadian teams then, just two. And uh, I was going to be a pro hockey player, and I was owned by the Toronto Maple Leafs when I played for the Marlies, and that didn't quite turn out. And uh, as a result, uh, I got a chance to do some quite a few Leaf games over the years, and there's no question about the fact that the Leafs are on the right track now, but the track is very winding. And uh, look, look who's in the finals this year to tell you that it isn't just the teams that if you're a good team and you can maintain a good chance to win the Stanley Cup, after two or three years, when you have to re-sign the players that got you there, you're in deep trouble. You need a rebuild. Ask L.A., ask Chicago uh, to give you two teams right away that just couldn't keep the players they wanted to keep. And uh, as a result, their chances of winning the Stanley Cup disappear. So once you get there, you got to try and stay there, and that's a difficult job. And the Toronto Maple Police are on the right road, and uh, hopefully they can continue to... Uh, 
progress, but it's a tough assignment to get to the finals out of 31 teams. Anyways, gentlemen, unfortunately, I'm going to have to jump in, and uh, uh, I hate to do this, but uh, our time has come to an end, and I know your time is valuable, too, and you guys, all three of you, have to get on to your... I'm just going to very simply say, I've been talking to Bob Cole, uh, Harry Neal, and Joe Bowen, in celebration of Joe Bowen's induction into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, on behalf of NAS, uh, this has been an, a, a distinct privilege and a pleasure to talk to three gentlemen and three legends of the game who have contributed so much to hockey in this country and entertaining generations of hockey fans. Gentlemen, I'll start with you, Bob. Thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. My pleasure, Walter, and it's great to hear Harry again. Harry, I hope you're doing well. And Joe Bowen, once again, that's terrific news that you're going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Harry, you've been a friend of our show. Thanks so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Harry. Joe, we have... Under these circumstances, the pleasure's even doubled, and it's nice to hear Bob Cole's voice. I can remember the number of hours I heard it in my he- headset, and Joe Bowen, uh, in his uh, uh, career, he's well-deserved the honor he's going to get next November. Janice and Barry would like you to do a Holy Mackinac for us, Joe. Can you do that? Well, I'll do that, Holy Mackinac, but I'm surprised that Harry can still hear. I'm sure it was a pleasure listening to (laughs) him. I probably damn near deafened him. So uh, (laughs) having said that, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for being a part of this. This was a real treat this morning, and uh, I'm sitting here with my good friend, Uncle Mac, and uh, enjoying, uh, we uh, enjoyed ourselves yesterday, so... Uh, I thank you very, very much, and uh, Bobby, it's great to hear from you. And Harry, I'll uh, drop down to Buffalo when you get that golf game going. <laughs> well, don't, but don't bet on it being soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, gentlemen, uh, we have to let you go. And uh, once again, sincerely, thank you so much for this. It's been a real, real pleasure. Have a fantastic week. Thanks. Thanks, Wally. Thank you. Um, Wow. wow. <laughs> uh, Harry Neal, Bob Cole, and Joe Bowen, three, three legends. Uh, Naz, we've got, uh, we've got about a minute. We, uh, I have to wish my, ha- my, my oh, beautiful wife a happy birthday. A happy birthday, birthday Mary Lane, uh, from uh, myself and my family as well. Uh, Naz, we, uh, we structured the show a little bit different. We, uh, there was no way I was going to go to commercial no break way. and interrupt that. Uh, so uh, uh, we're right at the tail end of the show. We're going to sign off a little bit earlier. Uh, we're going to take our second commercial break now. Uh, but certainly, uh, what a thrill. What a thrill. Bob Cole. Bob Cole still has the pipes. Folks. And we hope that they bring him back. We certainly hope. And Harry Neal and Joe Bowen, we want to see you calling a Toronto Maple Leaf Stanley Cup final or a Stanley Cup at some point in time. Anyways, to all our listeners, we hope you enjoyed that as much as Naz and I did. Uh, we're going to go to break. And to all, have a fantastic week. And we'll be, holy Mackinac. And holy Mackinac. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thanks so much. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.